0: Today's reading is taken from Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 to 58. I declare you, brothers and sisters, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Since Easter, we've been looking at what the resurrection of Jesus means for our world and for our lives. And this week, we reached the finale of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that way of looking at the world is not the normal way that people see things. It's all because of Jesus. And it will give a hope that stands out and that we'll want to share with other people. I was reading a newspaper article uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The author says, the modern world has been shaped by the belief that humans can outsmart and defeat death because of modern science. And he goes on to say that we now see death as merely a technical problem. The heart stops pumping blood because not enough oxygen, reaches the heart muscle. Virus is settled in my lungs because someone sneezed on a bus. And science believes that every technical problem has a technical solution. So the writer comments, we don't need to wait for Christ's second coming in order to overcome death. A couple of scientists in a lab can do it. And it means the question on the lips of everyone from the White House through Wall Street all the way to the balconies of Italy is when will a vaccine be ready when not if a journalist for a rival newspaper wrote a week later that we falsely view science as a sort of magic a force that can solve all problems and ultimately save us from death And credit where it's due. This week, scientists have been playing down unrealistic expectations about if and when they will have a vaccine ready. As a church, we want to continue to praise, therefore, for their efforts and for those of the medics as they try and treat uh, people with coronavirus. God normally works in the world through means, through us human beings doing what God made us to do. So we pray. But we Christians don't want to place too much faith in human science. It will always have its limits. Our faith is based on something much more solid and certain. The fact that 2,000 years ago God did something that he doesn't normally do. He intervened directly to raise Jesus from the dead on the third day. Usually at a funeral when the coffin is lowered or the curtains are closed, you know you're saying your final goodbye. The person you love has gone through a door marked death and it's closed behind them. That's what all Jesus' family and friends and followers thought when he died. But when Jesus went through that door and it slammed behind him, On the third day, it burst open again. It came off its hinges. He came back through it in power and victory. So this teaching at the end of 1 Corinthians 15 ends with the total assurance that future victory over death is guaranteed through Jesus. Now, to reassure, this is not a sermon about death. Uh, Nor is it a sermon all about pie in the sky when you die. It's about knowing that the future changes the present. Knowing that future changes everything about our perspective, about our priorities, about our focus in the here and now. So the second half of our time this morning will be spent on looking at uh, the three responses that are there at the end of uh, what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Our response to what God's done. That's where we're heading. But first, though, let's press in to this assurance, this confidence that we should have. That because of Jesus, future victory over death is guaranteed through him. Last week, we saw that the Bible's picture of the future is a physical one, not a floaty one. It's new heavens and a new earth, physical and forever. That's what we're looking ahead to. And so if you look down to verse 50 do you see the problem we have it's the word perishable the bodies we have are great but they're perishable just like a a few weeks back uh, when the supermarket started stocking fruit and veg again Um, i can remember being really quite enthusiastic and excited i came home with a very big bunch of bananas and a bit of broccoli and I can remember sort of being really happy with my haul and putting them on the side and thinking, oh, I'm going to look forward to those. And I kind of didn't get as organised as I could and should have done. And as I waited and looked forward to it, but didn't actually eat everything, it doesn't have a cell by on bananas, does it? But I could see them perishing in front of my eyes. That's how it works. And so eventually I had a a very banana-rich couple of days. But in that way, our bodies too are perishing over time. The future is physical. We're going to need a body. So how are we going to end up with a body that's ready for the future? We need a new type of body. An imperishable one how's it going to happen? Well, verse 57, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The great hope for the human race, for you and for me, is for our future to be tied with Jesus and his resurrection, his future, his resurrection body. A couple of scientists in the lab can't beat death. But at Jesus' second coming, and that's what's Talked about and pictured in verses 51 and 52 with a fanfare of trumpets to welcome him. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. God will give us bodies like the resurrection body of Jesus. Imperishable, immortal, ready for his eternal kingdom. That's the future. Of course it it hasn't happened yet. It won't happen until Jesus comes back. It's why we have to be so careful at the moment. But the fact that Jesus' resurrection has already happened. It guarantees that future. And it means that we can say. Verse 54. What is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up. In victory. And you'll see from verse uh, 55, there's even a victory song, the the kind that you get uh, in a cup final. It's it's Wembley Stadium, there's 10 minutes left. The team that no one gave a chance to is 10 0 in the lead. And you can hear the song echoing around the terraces Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death is your sting? Isn't that such good news? Not least in a week where we've gone over the 30,000 mark. For every single one of those 30,000 people, every single one of them who died with their faith in Jesus' death, to pay for their wrong in their lives, in Jesus' resurrection. To bring new life forever. Every single one who died with that faith and that hope, we can sing on their behalf Where, O oh, COVID 19, is your victory? Where, O oh, COVID 19, is your sting? I don't know how you feel about that. Does that feel very odd to be taunting death? Does that feel uncomfortable? It's not denial. It's not bravado. It's saying in a, very real de- in a very real way, death, you look really scary. The agony of separation, the grief, the pain, the end of hopes and dreams, the waste of potential, the loss. Without Jesus, I'd be terrified. But with him... Where is your victory? Death, you simply open a door to being with him forever. Where is your sting? Sure for those left behind. The grief, the loss. But not for the one who dies. Welcomed as a daughter or a son of our loving Heavenly Father, forever with him. Belonging to him now, and then in his kingdom, his eternal kingdom forever. There are three responses to these wonderful truths at the end of what we read. The first is in verse 57, it's spontaneous, thanks be to God. And that's the life of someone who knows this and has received Jesus into their lives. It's it's, it's knowing that we've always got a reason for thankfulness in our lives, whatever we're going through. It's not It's not pretending, it's not sort of going through life with a sort of fake smile, a fake grin. But it's knowing that this is true of us because of Jesus. And it's thanking God. It's rejoicing in what he's done and who he is. Even when we're going through very hard times, even when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we say, well, fear no evil, for you are with me. So thanks be to God, verse 57. Secondly, verse 58 Stand firm, let nothing move you. The only event in your future and mine that is certain, even more so, even than the sun getting up in the morning, the only thing that's 100% certain is Jesus' return, his coming back. His coming is it's described with a fanfare of trumpets to, to judge the world, to restore all things, to make everything right, the new heavens and the new earth. And so to change his people, to clothe us with the imperishable, with what's immortal, with new bodies that are ready for his kingdom. That's the future for everyone who trusts in him. So stand firm. Let nothing move you. God has promised, so it's certain. Don't let anything shake your confidence in that. It's the only rock to build our lives on. So let me say, you won't let coronavirus and this crisis uh, undermine that confidence at all, will you? Sure, there are questions it throws up. Why has God allowed this to happen? What is God's purpose in the world during this very, very difficult season that we're still going through? But you won't bottle up those questions, will you? You will, you will ask other people, other Christians, part, part of church. You'll, you'll discuss them, you'll debate them, you'll think them through, you'll go to the Bible, you'll read and watch and think. Because as you do that, actually, it takes us into quite deep places to do with who God is and his purposes for the human race. And it's actually quite profound, the places that we find answers and the one who, on a cross, died suffering in our place to bring an end one day to the suffering in this world and in our lives. And this would, um, this would be a good point for me to say, if you've made it this far and uh, the uh, very first thing I said about us having a, a solid foundation, uh, the, the fact of the resurrection. If, you've, uh, if you at that point thought, well, I'm not sure I believe that. Um, thank you so much for making it this far in the sermon. But let me say, there are things you can do to investigate, to explore, whether in fact there is that foundation to build all of this on. Um, if you uh, tuned in a few weeks ago, or even if you didn't, on our YouTube channel, uh, St Helens W10, it's on YouTube. And um, if you go there, there's a little short video there with some recommended reading. And also there's um, a little section, Why Believe, a playlist. And if you look through that, uh, you'll find a number of uh, clips that are in that playlist uh, that might be helpful to follow up on. Uh, Have a look and let us know how you get on. Verse 58, stand firm, let nothing move you. And finally, second half of verse 58, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. If there were two banks who sent you uh, leaflets through the door, trying to persuade you to put your life savings with them, invest with them, and um, you uh, knew that only one of these two banks was going to uh, exist and still be in business uh, a year from now. Uh, No government bailouts, and for the sake of the example, you also knew which of the two banks was going to still be in business and which of them was going to fail. How much money, how much of your life savings would you invest with the one that was still going to be there in a year's time? And how much would you put in the one that was going to fail or perish, to use the word that we used earlier? It's not a difficult question, is it? You're going to fully invest with the one that will last. Where are you and I going to invest Our lives. What are you and I going to give ourselves to? Our energy, our efforts, our talents, our time, our money. Verse 58 says, Let's do the work of the Lord. Let's give ourselves fully to that. Uh, And it's encouraging us in that way because doing the work of the Lord is nearly always, always a challenge, even when it's a joy. Whether that's obvious Christian work, like teaching Sunday club to young children, or whether it's the everyday of being God's person where you live, where you work, in your street, in our neighbourhood, in our city. Ordinary, consistent Christian work, serving God wherever we are, can uh, it's always unglamorous. It's, it's unnoticed by most people, but this reassures us it's not in vain. Because God sees it. And God will reward it. And his kingdom, his approval, is the only thing that matters. Because his kingdom is the only thing that lasts forever. So this is saying, don't whatever you do, because there's an afterlife, don't, don't think that, well, the rest of this life doesn't really matter that much. Don't zone out of responsibility and live in some sort of weird Christian bubble. No, there's work to be done. God's work in the world. And we all have a part to play. So this is also saying, don't waste your life. Don't come out of the uh, lockdown we've been going through and go straight back to all the bad habits that you had two months ago. All the things that took your time but actually aren't that important. Now don't hear me wrong, Uh, that doesn't mean um, time off, it doesn't mean exercise and other healthy things. And we're all different what it means for us. But you'll know what it is for you. There are things that just fill up time but don't really add much to our lives. It certainly means those things and of course it also means anything in our lives that takes us away from God. Why would we give ourselves to those things? Give yourself fully to what God says is important in your relationships with your friends and family, your work colleagues. Give yourself to what God says is important in terms of how you spend your time, uh, in terms of how you spend your money. If you look at the beginning of chapter 16, give yourself to the Lord's work in your life and through you in the world around you. If God is at work in the world, we'll be at work, laboring, giving ourselves fully to whatever he says is important. And as we do that, we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Because Jesus will come, the trumpet will sound, and future victory over death is guaranteed through Jesus. Hallelujah and Amen.